So you like bold red wine most of the time With notes of fig and raisin You like a cold brew and pitching horseshoes As the sun is fading You like football games and dishing out nicknames With Godfathers 1 and 2 With Not So Fast We've Got Him Podcast We like that too we like that too. We like that too. We like that too. We like that too. Hey, welcome back, Bombi Vons. This is Brad Jones with the We Like That Too podcast. We have missed you. And of course, joining me is the head Bon Vivant himself, Mr. Keith in love. Hello, everybody. Ooh. Great to be back. We took a little uh, hiatus. little holiday yeah, break. It's tough there. to get some of those things done when all the holidays are going on. You got family coming in and, you know, neither one of us are going to sacrifice family time because it's too precious to you, us. So. You, you had the full in-low tribe. We did. We had in. the full clan, I believe it's called. And you're yeah. right. And you're Rested up, and you you, oh, look, yeah. you look none the worse. I no, mean, no, it yeah, was great. So. It was great. You know, we don't get to see the grandkids very often, so it was great having them in. And we have not been in the Bon Vivant International no, Media Center, but we had so much fun those last couple oh, of shows. Yeah. We were up in Arrow Rock, Missouri, and uh, in the new annex house yeah, that yeah. is right next door to the theater and so we got an opportunity to uh, talk to the paul overstreet yeah, you know we've gotten some great feedback on those two episodes bobby vance if you have not listened to those yet download them and listen and uh, and share them with your friends tell them all about it because two really good interviews we're proud of those yeah, those were fun, they were fun. <laughs> literally at the kitchen table of a house that's probably a hundred years old <laughs> yeah but it uh, yeah. it worked well i'm excited about today's guest and i you, am you too. get the credit for setting this one up i'm i'm ready to go i i'm anxious to to hear from her and learn all about her i read her bio so i can't wait to talk to her she is a serial entrepreneur she, she does not let any any grass grow no. under her feet that's for sure she is uh presently uh a dj on radio trop rock yeah. uh, as a matter of fact there's a banner hanging banner right, right here bnb's bungalow listens to radio trop rock because we love good friends good food and good music well so eric and gina have been former guests <laughs> On they the were program. the second guest, yeah, I think, yeah, on, they're the, on the show. fans and supporters of the We Like That Too podcast. So. You bet. So we would like to welcome this morning to the uh, to the podcast, Renee Adams. Woo-hoo. Wild applause. Renee Adams here. <laughs> part of Thank the you Adam, for being here, Renee. Part of the Adams family. Well, no. Yeah, we, part of, we, right? we don't We don't know that for sure. <laughs> Just I don't, a cousin. I don't know your lineage. But anyway, Renee, it's great. Uh, it is great having you on the show. It was great meeting you down at Meeting of the Mind. That was uh, thank you. Yeah. That was interesting down there. Crazy but fun, huh? Well, you know, I want to talk about that in a little while. You're uh, you're moving into the uh, the trop rock world and the uh, the folks I know that you've experienced in working with Eric and Gina, who who are two are really um, my favorite people. I love them to death. Love yeah. them to death. Um, just to go to, right to the uh, the heart of it, you are the morning DJ. You've got a morning show on Radio Trop Rock right now. I do. I do Monday mornings. I'm trying to you know weasel my way into getting a 
second day on there. So it's Monday mornings and it replays on Tuesday nights. And uh, and if I can get a second day, maybe Wednesdays and replay on Thursdays. I don't know. I have so much to say. <laughs> I just can't get it in on one day. So much to say. So I keep, little like, time. I keep tweezing. I'm poking along. I'm like, hey, guys, what do you think? What do you think? And they're just like, oh, Renee. Oh, Renee. <laughs> Who knows what 2024 brings? You never know. Well, there's always the saying you could uh, ask forgiveness instead of permission. You know, there's there's you know, always that. I know. I, I live by that. Um. <laughs> well, well, Renee, I don't know if Brad told you the kind of format of the program, but it's my job to keep us on track. And the subtitle of the program is One Bottle, Two Friends, Three Top Picks. So in order to do that, we have to start with the one bottle. So let's not okay. let's not delay. Let's not. And we're excited today. Brad's got something special for us today. I, do. So. I visited with you a little bit. And I, I told you that we took a little trip this summer and we went up to the Finger Lakes area of upstate New York, which if you've never been up there is absolutely beautiful. But it it is kind of the, what do you want to say, from, from a white grape standpoint, it is the starting point, I guess, for the United States. Yeah. Because the, the folks that came over from Europe were the ones, Dr. Frank, who we've discussed, right. yeah. and a couple of other people that uh, settled up in the in the Finger Lakes area said, you know what, you American people don't know the fact that you can actually grow vinifera grapes here in the United States. And as a matter of fact, the person that started this winery, Lisa and Morton Hallgren, this is from Ravines. And we've talked about Ravines. We've yeah. had a Ravines. We've had a Ravines. Uh, was it Riesling we had? We had their, their yeah. Riesling, which was outstanding. It's outstanding, yeah. And, uh, but, but both of them are from Europe. They use, the, I mean, they are European in the way they make their, their wines. Right. And he actually was the winemaker for Dr. Frank. Constantine Frank. Constantine cool. Frank. Frank. Cool. So uh, everybody knows everybody up yeah. there, the Weemers, um, but they were all revolutionary. They were all uh, agriculturists. They were scientists, and they actually showed the United States that, yes, in this climate with that lousy soil and yeah. not that great of a climate, you can grow Chardonnays. You can grow great Riesling. You can grow Pinot Gris. You can, right. you can grow some of the great grapes. So they, 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 they were, produce some outstanding white wines up there, and, and I'm so, sure other stuff too, but that's kind of what they're known for. And so as we were just talking, we have the holiday season coming yes, we up. Do. And so I thought, wow, I think it's time maybe we do a sparkling. We're in the festive mood this we morning. We are in the festive mood this morning. Yeah. So I brought uh, <laughs> one of Ravine's uh, 2017. This is Brut Method Classique. So okay. this is this is the way they do it in the old school. So for all you people who don't speak French, that means they use the classical method. Not not too big a stretch to make that interpretation there. And so Keith wanted since we have we're too poor for a sound effects machine. This is okay. Everybody listen, listen. This is was pretty. Oh man, does that sound? You good? can even hear that foam. I know. Oh wow, that's beautiful. <laughs> we got to remember to do this again. No kidding. Like, that was beautiful. Like tomorrow. I'm not sure without the foam it has the same effect, but that really sounds nice. So I'm looking at this stuff, Brad. You know, your sparkling whites and your champagnes can really vary in color, almost to color from colorless to to gold. Yeah, not a nice little clink there. This is a beautiful straw color. 
pale straw. Pale straw. It's yeah. it's not as um, translucent as some. No, but it's not as dark as others. It's, it's more yellow than that. What you could call that traditional champagne color, you right? Know, that you get on a paint swatch. Correct. Um, does it say what the grape is that they used? Uh, this one is a Pinot Noir. Okay. Yeah, which is classic was a classic grape to use uh, yeah, for lot, champagnes. A lot of a lot of uh, Chardonnays used in France for. Oh, this is kind of great, a great taste. Yeah, it is as crisp and clean. This is kind of mean, isn't it, Renee? I know, Renee. Do you have anything <laughs> to drink with us? I'm just thinking, um, listening, and learning as you all like go off. This is good. Yeah. I mean, you know, well, so, you, you know I'm again, not an educated person. Well, we're on this, not either. Don't I'm, be deceived. Oh, well. um, we're not so wine critics. Are you a, we're wine are you a sparkling wine drinker? Do you like sparkling wines? Yeah, do you? Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> I pretty much like everything. Let's just let's you know, start right there. We talked about um, that the other but, day. There aren't very many wines that we don't like. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not really like really sweet person. Like, I don't like really sweet wine. I don't like really sweet anything. I don't even like chocolate, so that kind of throws people. Yeah, but anything a little drier is always my uh, my preference. This is so. really it's it's not sweet at all. Oh no, it's but it is not that pucker factor brute right. or extra brute like some of those sparklings can get. Very well balanced, great fruit, great acid. Um, this would pair perfectly with some. Some holiday food. Oh, turkey. sure would. Yeah. Turkey dinner. Uh, and this would be great of, for any, turkey. You know, some shrimp, any kind of seafood. Oh, yeah, seafood. This would fish. be perfect. Yeah. This would be Even wonderful. just your appetizer, grazer, you know, charcuterie boards, cheeses, uh, vegetables, raw crudite, that kind of thing. Absolutely lovely. What about the executive uh, producers back here? Thumbs up. Thumbs got up two from the thumb, executive two, producers. Two major thumbs up from okay. uh, yes, from the studio audience. So, so ravines sparkling from Finger Lakes region. Uh, Seneca Lake. Seneca uh, Lake. They are on okay. Seneca. Kuka Lake is the first one. Seneca is the big, the big one that is the second one. If you hold your hand up, it's the middle finger. Uh, it's not the middle. It's not the middle <laughs> finger. It's the ring finger. Oh, it's the ring finger. Okay. So uh, yeah. <laughs> My fingers mixed up. Yeah, you did. <laughs> don't mess that up. Yeah, Shame you don't want to mess that up. Shame on you. Yeah, yeah that could be a big yeah. no-no there. Well, be good careful. choice, Dr. Jones. Good Thank choice. You. Thank you. I was excited nice, to, so. to try this. And trust me, probably between Ravines and Dr. Franks and uh, Weemers, I yeah. think an order should be in place. And maybe we ought to bring – because I would really love to have some more of these sparklings. I'm not one of the great, huge sparkling fans until I – I tried these, and honestly, a couple of them from up in your neck of the woods when you went up to uh, Willamette and the, Walla, 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 Walla Walla area, yeah. they make some really good ones. Yeah, they, they, do. they remind me a little bit of this crisp, clean, not oaky, just good. So carbonation is something that, you know, I, I like wine, I like beer, I like sparkling, but I don't like carbonation all that much. And this does not have that overpowering carbonation that sits on your stomach and, you know, can bloat you or whatever that. So really nice balance on this one. Good, good choice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bomb Vance, we will post pictures of the bottle and connections to um, the Ravines website and places you can order it. What's the price point on this? 
It's not bad. I think it's in the uh, 20 range. Oh, certainly affordable. I, th- I think, yeah. It, Especially it, for a celebration of some kind. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Yeah. And I've got a few uh, and in there. I've got a couple of Franks and I've got a couple Weimers, too. Yeah. So it'll be fun. We'll pop those two and uh, kind of compare. And I know our bottle sponsor, uh, Matt Green out Barvino, carries Ravine's Riesling. I know I've bought it down there. We've had it at Wine Club before. He's, he's also yeah. had do- some Dr. Frank. we got to get yeah. on him about reordering and uh, the the might want to let him know to get section. some of the sparkling ravines. Yeah, yeah. this is good. That so, would be that would be and, good. Uh, as always, thank you, Matt, down at uh, Barvino, beautiful downtown Jefferson City. Thank you, Matthew. Renee Adams. I'm still here. I'm I listening. Know, I'm sorry. I know we, we kind of hijacked the show for we, a second. We geeked out on uh, on a little bit of sparkling wine, but we do that. You must so. feel good when you get a good one. What happens when you get a bad one? How embarrassing for you. We have a rule. We don't drink bad wine. <laughs> we don't drink bad wine. <laughs> we don't cook with it either. We pour it down the sink. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes it's sad, but it, it is sad. I, yeah, I had a little party the other night, and uh, I had a 2012 that I was so looking forward to, and it was just Ugh. Yeah. It, was, it, was a, it was a major wah wah wah. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I was looking forward to this one. So, anyway, hey, we want to talk about you a little bit um, oh. because your upbringing is is uh, is. I've got some questions about it. First of all, you grew up as as, as well. I do because it's it's. You have a questionable, like, hey, I have questions have a questionable about that upbringing. No, good thing both my parents are gone. They can't hear it. Okay. Yeah. Well, where did you? You grew up in the Detroit area? Yes, I know. People go, really? Um, yeah, I grew up in Detroit. <laughs> um, not like in the Detroit, Detroit, but kind of. Um, I'm sure if you know, like, um, Garden City, Westland, Dearborn Heights. Uh, but that's that's nice. Those areas are nice. I grew up in Inkster. Inkster's not horrible, um, but it's not great. It's definitely not great, and I always make a joke out of it because, you know, when you hear of uh, somebody who's in uh, the public eye and, like, Madonna, oh, she grew up in, like, Sterling Heights. Well, she had money, obviously, if she was growing up over there. Inkster's one of those places you're like, really? You crawled out of Inkster? I did <laughs> crawl out of Inkster. Um, but I, I was Miss Inkster in 1985, I think only because there were three people running, and I just, you know, got lucky. Um, yeah, wins but, a win. Yeah. Miss, <laughs> wins a win, Miss right. Inkster. Well, you know, Miss Inkster. So you got that Great going. Story. You got that going for you. Well, Renee. Yeah, I didn't even tell my parents that I entered the contest and they were out of town. <laughs> and when I won, I was standing there by myself. <laughs> Not one person to celebrate me. And the parents like, "Where's your family? Where's your friends?" I'm like, I didn't tell anybody I entered. <laughs> it was a crazy day. Yeah, I kept that little crown and that sash on until my parents got home off the plane. I was like, "Hey, I entered this guy," and they were like, "What?" And I'm walking down the street, you know, with my dress on. Whatever. It was funny. Got to ride in some parades. So much of the Detroit area is driven by the auto industry. Is was Inkster like what you might call a blue collar area that you know a lot of auto workers and things oh, like that? Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, as much as they try, even my high school closed, you know, um it's just it's just not doesn't have the money yeah. over there. And yeah. it just really wasn't like I mean, it wasn't great. Not even my parents, you know, we had, my grandfather was a builder. So, you know, we had a nice house. Uh, but as soon as my, as soon as we graduated, both my parents uh, said, we're out of here. And they moved to Dearborn Heights, which was a little better. Yeah. Well, a lot better, actually. And then my mother had a dance studio uh, in both places, actually. So I grew up in a dance studio. So let's talk about your mom. Yeah, we want to talk about this your really mom because this is um, – we <laughs> and Keith, we may need to do a little education because people of a 
a certain <laughs> age will know exactly what we're talking sure. about. And there's people of another age that will have absolutely no clue yeah. who we're talking yeah. about. Correct. Yeah. Yes, so, I know. Yes. So go, Luckily, go we played forward the, with that. We played in the former. That's, we, uh, yeah. we, we do. <laughs> we, we skew older. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah. Well, what happens is usually I, I look at the age of the person and I think, is this going to help me or is this they're going to go right over their head? Okay, so my mother uh, was on the Jackie Gleason show. She performed as a June Taylor dancer. Uh, the June Taylor dancers were sort of like, I mean, kind of the Rockettes. Yes. Uh, they were a dance troupe that were featured every week on the show. Yeah. Uh, they filmed out of Miami. And uh, not a whole lot of people remember Jackie Gleason's TV show, or Jackie for that matter. Um, but, you know, when that's your legacy, now my mother did that and then moved back to Detroit to have kids. So, but I've it seen was, your mother, Renee. Have? I'm sure I have. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> okay. Every Saturday okay. night, my mom and dad bowled in a bowling league and we were taken over to our grandparents' house and they babysat us. And my grandfather was a loyal Jackie Gleason uh, fan. Really? The great we one. watched that show every night live from Miami Beach. Miami yeah. audiences the Jackie are Gleason the greatest show. They audiences that, in the they world. They had that overhead a helicopter shot coming in over the ocean to the beach and and the june taylor dancers were featured every week and they used to do that over have you ever have you seen the any videos and stuff of it the the overhead shot where they would all be in a circle and they would be doing these you know from the overhead shots yeah yeah. really cool stuff so that's neat but it's interesting when you have a mother in the entertainment business and you're you know there's my sister and myself my sister again she danced because we grew up in the dance studio but she wasn't me. She was, she was smart. <laughs> she went to college. She is a college professor. And then there's me. I'm like, bing, I'm an entertainer. I'm going to be famous. And my mom's like, no, 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 no. Are you sure you don't want to be a hairdresser, Renee? I'm sure I'm, I'm going to be famous. You know? um, so that's how that went down. A lot of it was like tight. Now there's like, now there's labels uh, where they say, oh, you're on the spectrum or you're, you know, it was hyper back then. It was yeah, hyper. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing how, pe- how we look back and we, we know people who might have been a little outside what you consider the norm when we were growing up. It's like, oh, now I get it. They were, yeah. they're on the spectrum. Yeah, they the were, spectrum. you know. Yeah, my son is on the spectrum. Yeah. And don't you know where he got it? Well, I'm going to show you, I'm pointing the finger right here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, you know, it's different though. I mean, when, when you weren't labeled that, people look at you and go, oh, you're just, you know. You're just making that, you know, just giving yourself a label because you're a little off. No, I'm super creative. I mean, in the third grade, I was making little, uh, I was really crafty. I'm very, very artistic. I mean, in, if you need anything painted, interior, out, exterior painting, I'm your girl. Yeah. Like I'm boom, 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 fast, clean, neat. Uh, and I love it. Oh my, I, I know how I know I love it. When I was doing stuff at the Disney Channel, I saw the phone ringing, and I was like, oh, I'll get that in a minute. I'm painting this wall. You know? <laughs> I know it sounds really weird, but, like, again, being on the spectrum just means you're a little different. On my wall at my house, we have these big silver letters. Most people have welcome or, or family or, you know. Mine says different. And that's a long word to buy all those letters, but I, it's been up there for years. <laughs> and I always describe my Literally, you yeah. know, that's a lot of letters. Yeah, they were like, what? They were like 12 bucks a letter. It was ridiculous, but <laughs> it's been up there for years. People walk in, they go, what? And I'm like, we're different. And I always describe, but like yeah. the rest of us are just kind of carnies. So your mother was, she was with the June Taylor dancers. I'm trying to get the, uh, the chronology correct. So okay. she had, did she have you guys after then she had her career? Career? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. 
she's pretty young though. I mean, so that was early on and it wasn't very long. I mean, I don't think her stint, I mean, the, the time she was there, it wasn't like years or anything. She got in towards the tail end and then left. Uh, here's another fun fact. My mother was legally blind. Oh my gosh. So legally blind. Yeah. Right. She can't drive. Uh, saw about 20, 20%, but yeah, ran a full business and performed did all kinds of stuff with her life. Wow. Yeah. So she came back and, and started a, a dance studio. So yeah, and, my grandfather built her, built her studio right in the house. So she wouldn't have to travel Wow. and get, yeah. And great. you grew up and you and your sister grew up in it, but did your mom, did your mom really push you or in the dancing or did, is it something you, you just picked choice. up and you just, you just enjoyed it? <laughs> Uh, you come home from school, it's three o'clock and there's already classes going on in the studio, which is hooked to the house. Dinner is on the table or at least on the you know stove. So just grab, eat when you can. So we never really ate as a family, only on the weekends when she wasn't teaching. Um, and there was no choice. It was like, okay, your classes are in these days. And every time I tried to get out of ballet, man, I hated ballet. I was like, man, she would be like, nope, ballet is the basic at the, the start to everything. You have to have ballet. Yeah. And I was, but I'm so glad I did because I have great posture from it. I literally, I did gymnastics, ballet. I was a baton twirler. I could do, I was a cheerleader forever. I was forever. going to ask, I bet you were a yes. cheerleader. I was just forever. curious about, yeah. or in the dance, or, or the dance uh, team. Yeah. Well, they didn't have a dance team back then. Let's just be honest. Okay. All right. <laughs> At least back in my school in Inkster. So what got you out of Inkster? What was your what was your next big move? You graduated from high school. Yeah, did you? Yeah, did you parlay the uh, Miss Inkster thing, you know, into something? You yeah. Know? Well, what happened was uh, I was and and towards the eleventh and twelfth grade year, you're kind of supposed to make some decisions. And but uh, I hated school, so I had to prove to them that I was going to be, you know, famous in my head, or I was going to be in entertainment, which was very much pushed in the other direction. No, Renee, you shouldn't know. So um, the suggestion was to go to cosmetology school and uh, become a hairdresser to have something to fall back on. That's what they said. And so I did it. I hated that as well, but I am a licensed cosmetologist. Thank you. And um, so <laughs> I got this license and I will not give up that license for whatever $50 it is a year to keep it because it took me so long to get it. Did I ever do hair once? No. Never worked in a salon, never did it. Coming out of high school, I uh, decided to be a singing telegram. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, some, there's another whole show right there. So there's your entry uh -huh. into the, the yeah. entertainment world. I can huh? sing you anything you want. Yep, I was yeah. singing telegram, and that was great because you're making – money each stop, you know, so it's, you know, going to an office building and you're, you know, Wonder Woman or French maid, or, I mean, I wasn't like stripping or anything. I was singing sure. yeah. and there was a little skit, you know, and you do all these little characters. I was a banana dancing banana. <laughs> fun. And, uh, but it was money, right? Why, why money. can't I see that this is the perfect job for you? I mean, you, right. you're not behind a desk. You're not, you know, cutting hair all day long. You're right. running around singing to people and making them happy, right. which is pretty much right. what you've done all your life so that's cool I guess. Yeah. well on your resume so, it says you've uh you you worked for disney quite a bit putting shows together tell us about tell us about that like when you got into creating shows you know writing putting talent on the right, stage so, coordinating talent how, how did that work let's see 
coming, let me think, coming out of uh, singing telegrams and being famous, I decided that I was going to go work at Disney because I, you know, I'm not staying in Detroit. There's no way. And I still have to prove to my parents that I'm not going to be a hairdresser, that I'm going to be famous. I, I kid you not, ask anybody in my life. All the kids are like, oh, we're going to college. Which college are you going to? And I said, I'm going to Disney. I'm going to be famous. <laughs> and everybody laughed. To this day, until now, they don't laugh at me so much, my high school friends. But... <laughs> But I think in the back of their mind, they were like, all right, crazy girl, whatever. Um, so I went to Disney and I auditioned and I, I wanted to dance, but I wasn't making it as a dancer. I realized that, man, outside of Inkster, I'm not the best dancer. There's a lot of good girl dancers out there. I mean, now it's just unbelievable, but uh, I wanted to dance, but I was good enough to be a character, a dancing character. So I, what they say nowadays is um, I was friends with Chip and Dale. Uh, the character Chip yeah, and Dale yeah. uh, from Disney, yeah, Rescue Rangers, and I got uh, put in that, and I did parades, and I did tours with them, and I did shows, and then every once in a while, you'd get out of costume, and they would give you a face roll, and I was what they called Farm Girl, so I, with the three other girls, we did this whole thing up and down Main Street, so I danced as a character for about three years. I then auditioned to uh, get on uh, Carnival Cruise Line because I thought, well, I can just dance there and not in a costume, right? Yeah. I can just dance. Yeah. Uh, I did it. I got on that ship, and I hated that I couldn't make any more money. Like, I couldn't be me. Um, if you're on a cruise ship, you know, you're kind of confined. You only, uh, there was no internet then, so it didn't matter, but you're only making like $350 a week. And I'm like, this is not me, man. I know I'm bigger and better than this. I'm stuck on this ship for six months. I think after the fourth month, I jumped ship. <laughs> well, <laughs> told my cast yeah. I wasn't coming back. I was getting off in California and that was it. Anyways, long story short, I got off the ship and uh, then went back home for a little while. I kind of traveled around. I was still trying to dance, maybe theme parks, maybe Cedar Point. I wasn't really happy with any of that. I'm like, no, no, no. Uh, and then I, I realized that karaoke was brand new brand new and i had did it once in orlando when i was a character so during that little space i went back to detroit stayed with my parents for a little bit like six months my mom's like i got you a job at blazo's pie shop and then you can work at the hair salon over here i'm like nope i'm karaoke girl she's like what karaoke girl what's karaoke so i became michigan's number one karaoke host no lie in that six months uh, and I got picked up by a company by the name of Baja Beach Club. And I want to ask ba you about that because yeah. I remember when you, I, I remember the other interview you did and I, and, and I don't know, well, being a parrot head, that sort of just hit me as to, I have never heard of the Baja Beach Club. Really? And how many, well, of, how many, all of, over. how many were there? Cause, and I haven't heard probably Renee cause there weren't any around, around the Midwest that I knew of. Well, where were you? Um, we had one. Okay. We had a very short time in St. Louis. Very oh, short okay. Time. okay. All right. Mm -hmm. I opened that one. Um, I started in Detroit. It was on a boat. So I, I assumed, you know, I had had some vocals problems because I was, you know, screaming out songs that I couldn't sing. And, uh, and then all of a sudden when the Baja people came up to me and said, Hey, we have this nightclub. We would love for you to host in it, but you'd be every other hour. And right away that was yes. And, you know, cause sometimes when people don't want to sing, you have to oh, sing. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. So, and you know, and how many songs can, you're like, now I'm performing as a singer. I was a dancer my whole life. <laughs> so, uh, but I mean, I was, I was pulling off, you know, like a virgin and, uh, <laughs> songs that weren't like super hard. Um, but yeah, so this was very, um, 
it was kind of good that I was only going to go every other hour because the other hour would be piano players. Ah. And when I got to the Baja Beach Club in Detroit, people wanted to sing. They were so busy. I never had to sing. So it was great. I think four months into that event, uh, they said, hey, we're opening another club. You're going to Miami. No lie. I was like, I'm going to Coconut Grove. Yep. You're going to open the karaoke bar there. Nice. Okay. I'm sure. I bet that was, uh, speaking of dancing, I bet that was a happy dance day. Yeah. Well, and at the same time, Baja Beach Club wasn't just karaoke and dueling pianos. That was just the bottom floor. The center floor was a dance club, like a nightclub, but it was almost like in what you would think of as Coyote Ugly, where the staff would get up on the bar tops and do these choreographed dances, but they were beach dances, you know, like Wipeout and Hot, Hot, Hot. And I went upstairs one day and I was like, you guys are dancing up here? I know how to dance. And so then I started throwing my my uh, pitch into the hat by saying, let me choreograph, let me do this. And by the time I got to Miami... Then Fort Lauderdale opened, and then we did Daytona, we did Orlando. We, I mean, and at that point, I just kept karaoke was kind of like dying off, or they were giving it to other people because I was more valuable as teaching these dances and these skits. So they called them dynamics. So if you ask anybody about a Baja Beach Club, and they were in any Chicago had two of them. I mean, I did Chicago. I don't know how many times. Um, but yeah, all of those skits and all those dances, I was all around the country for 10 years creating, doing the costuming, uh, teaching them, and not always easy with a bartender or a cocktail waitress who, or a beer tub girl who just can't count to eight. You know, you're like, <laughs> you're like, wow. Five, six, seven, okay. uh, eight. Yeah. You know, the really pretty girls at the beer tubs, you're like, come on, man. And I'm like dumbing it down. I mean, so I had lip sync stuff. I had all kinds of different skits and I have so much content on this. Uh, I was that girl with the big VHS camera on my shoulder videotaping my work so that when I got to the next city and I wasn't making a ton of money, but I was making enough to live and I was traveling and I liked it. Um, and it wasn't, you know, it was keeping me moving, you know, keeping yeah. me moving. And it was something I love to do. I mean, I always say, God bless the Baja Beach Club because I didn't go to college. And that was it. That was just, wow, you, this was great. You know, Renee, what struck me when you told that story about that, I thought that was kind of foreshadowing given that that's sort of a beachy, sort of a trop rocky, rocky kind of a, kind of a bar is sort of foreshadowing for what you did, <laughs> you yeah, did later yes. on. And, and I, I like, know. It, 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 do you think about that? I mean, it's kind of, it's a little, I didn't until that interview you were talking about. Little, I was like, oh, it's a little yeah. weird. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow. You know, I'm, I'm kind of, and here's even the, the bigger clincher, like the whole connection there was my mother, of course, being the dance teacher, was really into the hula, like really into Hawaii, loved Hawaiian dancing. And she was one of those people like me very much, or I'm sorry, I'm like her, uh, very much like, I love the luau at Disney. I'm going to get the the dance person there who puts that show on and have her come to my studio every year. And I'll be darned if Auntie Cowie from the luau at Disney did not show up a week at our house. My mother would have teachers from all studios all around the area come in and she would teach all this hula stuff. So don't talk to me about hula dancing. I can do every dance. Every If I hear a song, I know the choreography to it. Oh, that's I cool. Have, yeah. I can do Tahitian. I can do Maori. I can, I can do every, uh, poi balls. I can twirl four. I was in Hawaii and uh, the girl over there on stage is like, do you want to try? And my daughter's looking at me like, oh, don't give her these. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> you know, and then I do four. Like, 
Uh. I get five, and the girls look at me like, who are you? Now, mind you, for a blonde white girl, <laughs> there is no way I'm ever going to get a job in a luau because I have blonde hair and I am not Hawaiian. Well, so, useless skill, yes. You never, you never know where, you know, things are going to lead. Oh, I, I know. It yeah. wasn't going to get me anywhere, but um, I control the poi balls four, five, even on fire. I was going to say, are those the ones they set on fire? Yeah. Some of them, yeah, yeah. you can do them on fire. Like, not, like, I mean, the short poi, the long poi. They were like yeah. clackers, only yeah. they were yeah. on yeah. fire. Yeah. They're not and, supposed to clack. Yeah, they, they didn't clack. <laughs> you didn't want them to clack. Yeah. Uh, well, and you know, it's funny. I performed at Aretha Franklin's house doing that. Wow. Uh, back in the day. Wow. She had a luau and my mom got booked, you know, cause she was the hula lady in Detroit. And, uh, I remember standing in Aretha's kitchen, just wa- going, wow, she doesn't clean very much. I remember the clear. <laughs> <laughs> rest her soul. I doubt but she, she, she had somebody to do that for her. She's she? just kidding, Aretha. No. <laughs> no, she really, it was not clean. But anyways, the party was nice and, and it was a poolside thing and it was pretty exciting, you know. Again, useless skill for somebody coming up as an entertainer. I'm not going to get a job at Disney in the luau. Me like, how, many of those, how many of those Baja clubs were they, Renee? Because I was really intrigued um, by that and I don't uh, obviously, mm-hmm. were they mostly on the East Coast or did they have some? They were everywhere. everywhere. I even did one in Australia. I'd go in there and teach dances for everybody. I was doing this for 10 years. Then when the beach club started dying out, you know, just kind of closing one by one, that's when Coyote Ugly, the movie came in. I was that girl. I was like, boom, I got this. Watch this. And that's the country music part of me. Yeah. You know, doing Devil Went Down to Georgia on a bar top. You know, I can clog and all that stuff. So. Well, you said you were using your v- your, your handheld camera, your VHS camera on the shoulder, yeah. you know. And I, I'm reminded of how technology has changed since then. Today you could do it on your phone. And uh, huh? I'm, I'm assuming you're using that those videos to help train new people and show them the dances and stuff. Is that what you were doing? No. With it? <laughs> yeah. If people had phones, and we always say this, if people had phones uh, back in the day and were videotaping what we were doing at the Baja, we had been shut down in, in a night. Like just <laughs> crazy, crazy bar slides, put oh, whipped cream gosh. all over the bar. The bartenders would be sliding each other oh, down. Gosh. I mean – I would go in too. I ended up marrying one of the bartenders, you know, one of those marriages. Uh, and now I'm dating another one from Baja. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we all stayed in connection. So for that matter, the crazy bar tricks, it was a little bit of cocktail in there. It was crazy. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. And no, I don't use those videos. I don't bring them out. There was a guy recently who just said, I would like to make a documentary. And I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, I and think he's I looking at me. Yeah, I think yeah. you should do oh, well, it. Yeah. He didn't offer me any uh, compensation for my videos and all my stuff. Yeah. He just kind of was like, can I borrow those? I'm like, mm, I want to be an investor in. Yeah, you know. yeah. Well, that technology, uh, that technology change, you know, made made me think. Some of us in our generation do not really learn very easily about how to operate high tech stuff. But uh, did you know there's a place you can go get help with that high tech stuff? I bet you can go to your local library. You can. You can go to your local library. Our local library, Missouri River Regional Library, offers high tech help. Uh- one-on-one it's tech It's interesting time. though, right? Yeah. Tech, yeah. Yeah, one-on-one I tech know. time. So if you've got like a tablet or a computer and one of these new smart watches or something like that and you're having trouble with it, check out your local library and see if you can get some tech help one-on-one. Or so, hooking up your new TV, uh, exactly. which I am familiar, <laughs> which I am very you know, familiar with here you know, lately. Technology is great, but it can be frustrating if you're not comfortable with it. So uh, check out your local library, Bon Vivants, if you need that kind of help. And we appreciate Missouri River Regional Library for being a sponsor of the show and like we say, a library is not just an old pile for, of for, dusty books anymore. For yeah. Always. 
And I would like to say, Keith, that was one of the smoothest transitions I have ever seen going into it. Yeah, I was like, we're going to the library. I'm just not fooling around here. You're not. You're, you're not, not an, just a regular this is pretty professional. Let me tell you about podcasting. my toddler show that I do every summer at the library. No, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? Literally, what I do just, you do at the library? I, I do the library every summer. They have, uh, and once a week I go to a different library and that's a half hour show. It's like having the magician come in, but they have Renee, the DJ who dances and does all kinds of, oh yeah, great. I love it. So I want to know how you got into the trop rock world. I mean, Brad and Brenda have been friends of ours for a long time. I know how passionate they are about it. They have actually uh, exposed us to a lot of stuff and I, I like all kinds of music, but it, it is a different genre it is a unique world um the people are fantastic so tell us a little bit about how you got started in that and then you know what took you to what you're doing now so crazy how that all comes full circle so when i was getting ready uh back in the day after the whole baja 10 years i was exhausted i was like listen i need to do something else but i stood next to the dj Every single nightclub. So I knew how to DJ, right? So I go, I come back to Orlando and you might know this guy, JD Spradlin. He is uh, on Radio Margaritaville. Program, one of my pro- best friends. manager. Yes. Know that name, yes sure. JD. JD. So JD, I've known since I was 20 something before he was like at my, one of my very first Bajas in Orlando. And, uh, I came back to town and I said, Hey, I am sick of traveling. I want to be a DJ at Disney like you. And he's like, they don't have girls. And I was like, well, I'm going to do it anyway. I want to try. So he kind of showed me what to do when I went into the audition. I don't think he thought that I was going to pull it off, but I went in there and I did it. And I knew all those dances. So interactive dances that, you know, all that DJ just stand there hitting a button is boring. But if you're like, follow me, here comes the YMCA, you know, and you can talk and be all energetic. I got done and Disney looked at me and said, you know we don't have any girls. I'm like, well, I think you should. And that's how it started. Well, then I ended up being the Disney DJ all those years, which, you know, led me into high school musical, Hannah Montana, Teen Beach, tons and tons of stuff at Disney, cruise ships, writing game shows, all kinds of stuff. I really took that Disney to a next level. I thought for my, for my own personal career. And then, uh, four years ago today, actually four years ago today, uh, JD Spradlin said, Hey, why don't you uh, come audition and be a radio station DJ? And I'm like, there's no money in radio. I'm not doing that. <laughs> He's like, come on, you're getting older. I was like, what are you saying? It's nice of him, JD. How dare you? Right. So then he starts showing me things, and I was teach the old dog new tricks. Man, I'm sitting there trying to figure out how to use the boards. And once I finally, I was like, fine, I got it, I got it, I got it enough. Right. And he knew that my personality was already beach and I already had all this stuff. And, uh, he introduced me to the program director and she asked me if I wanted to do nights. So I said, sure. So December 9th, uh, 2019 was my first day on the air. I think my second break. And I said something like, Oh my gosh, I've been here a half an hour and I haven't thrown up on the boards yet. <laughs> um, like that was my break. It was a plus. And like, and yes. And I think it was funny because like the, the listeners were like, okay, she's cool. She's talking about puking. All right. All right. So, you know. <laughs> so I think that was the first start. Um, and then a week later, uh, the world shut down and I was doing it out of the closet of my house, just guessing what to do. Cause I, first of all, learning, the boards and then not being able to use them now learning how to do something again on my computers in the, in the closet of the house. Oh my gosh. Um, but JD through FaceTime was, you know, holding my hand through the whole thing, making sure that I was the best I could be 
Because, you know, he's like, I know you don't want to suck. I go, I don't suck at anything. So make sure I'm doing this right. So yeah. he held my hand through the whole thing. And, you know, and I, I owe it all to him, the first career and this one. So, and I say that all the time. Um, so that's how I got started with that. Cool. And then two years after the, the world opened up again, uh, we all went back into the studio and that's when I got offered to do the morning show. So cool. for the two years I did the morning show. And you, and you emceed, and, you emceed, uh, Meeting of the Minds. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Twice. And Is this your second year? Twice. Yeah, I did it twice. Well, that's, you know, Renee, that's kind of interesting because you got to experience Key West and the brand new, uh, experience that we had down in Gulf Shores. So, um, I'd like your, I just like kind of your perspective on that because, you know, I've been to a bunch of meeting of the minds in Key West. What, what was kind of your impression? Uh, because I, I really feel like, uh, Gulf Shores got really good reviews, and I was kind of wondering how that was going to go. I mean, everybody was so in love with Key West and and the history and Jimmy and everything. But what was your what was your feeling about the two events? Okay, so the first year that I did it, um, and it was Key West. I of course didn't know what I was. I didn't even know what I was getting myself into. I just said, "Sure, I'll do it." So not not being very familiar with Key West, other than just getting off on the cruise ship when we make the quick stop, yeah, and getting back on. I didn't get to explore any of it, and I really didn't either when I did the first meeting of the minds. But um, I know that it was really expensive. I came home and I got paid to, you know, not a, a lot, but enough to make it worthwhile to host meeting of the minds in Key West. But I came home in the hole, and I didn't go off off the property. But I just had to eat. Right. <laughs> you know, and I'm not like sucking drinks down and my ties. I literally just, it was so expensive. Was it beautiful? Yes. Did everybody get to go and do fun things that they like in Key West? Yes. Is it a whole Buffett kind of feel? Yes. But I'm going to tell you, I, if you had to ask me again, I would 100% go to um, Gulf Shores again. Okay. Because I, I actually didn't spend as much money. Um, I liked the venues. I liked that it was a little bit more spread out. I think too, maybe because the, if you don't have a car or something like that, um, maybe it was a little tougher or people trying to catch the, what were they? Shuttles or trams or buses or something. Yeah. That might have been a little frustrating, but for me, I just I, 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 they were so much more appreciative. Lucy Buffett was just like you know, wasn't that, beautiful. Wasn't that cool? Uh, I was yes. there. I was I was there for the second line, and that was I. I thought if anybody would love this, Jimmy would absolutely. This is the way he'd want to go out. A second line at, at, at Lulu's is the way is the way Correct. to check out. Man, it was it was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I mean that in itself alone was probably. You know, and to bring that business back to her, um, because you know of her brother and the fans and stuff like that, that is enough for me. Yeah, it was great. And this time around too, I knew what I was doing. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I knew what I was doing. I knew, oh, okay, this is how this works. I get up and I talk here. I do this. I do that. Got it. So it's just a little easier. Now there's a few times in between where we had to like stall or wait. You're like, okay, what else am I going to talk about? You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. but it was fun because JD was my my co-host, and that was fun. And since I've changed over to radio. Drop rock, you know, we still, we talk every day. So I still send him information. Sounds like you've made the most of every opportunity you've had. And, uh, that's exciting. So, um, Dr. Jones. And now it is time for the El Bandito Yankee Tequila three top picks. That's right. Brad El Bandito Yankee Tequila is the official sponsor of the We Like That Two three top picks portion of the podcast. 
Hey, Keith, tell the Bon Vivants the top three reasons El Bandito Yankee is our choice when it comes to premium tequila. Well, first of all, El Bandito is authentically created by traditional methods using only mature blue Weber agave. So you know it's the real stuff. That's right, and it's also confirmed 100% additive-free. No added flares, no chemicals, no bad stuff, just pure natural tequila goodness. But you know the real reason, Brad, the best reason? What? It's the taste whether you're mixing it in your favorite cocktails or just sipping it straight. And whether it's Blanco or Reposado, El Bandito Yankee Tequila goes down nice and easy. You bet it does. And you know what the folks at El Bandito call that? It's, it's criminally, criminally smooth. smooth. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. premium tequila at a palatable price. So ask for it wherever you buy your fine spirits. El Bandito Yankee Tequila. And now it's time for the three top All picks. right. Here we go. Are we ready? So, Renee. Yes. We, Brad came up with this one as an homage to your mother. <laughs> I, I, I'm ready. This is an homage it. to everyone, every hoofer out there. Every hoofer, yeah. That's a great word. I used to. Uh, hoofer's like a great word. I don't think you can use that these days. People take it the wrong way, but. Make, <laughs> well, it doesn't have anything to do with you know, horses or anything. It's not, you know. Dancers. Tell us what we're going to do, Brad. What's the category? Here's what we're going to do. The the category is three uh, top picks for movies that were inspired by dance, or maybe there was a a particular dance in a movie that that was just stunning. And I've got... We've got honorable mentions, and Renee, we cheat. All right, so we're doing dance movies so doing or dance-inspired dance, movies. Dance dance-inspired movies. And, yeah, Renee, you get you could go first. Renee, we'll do them one you at a time. Number, and, and by the way, Renee, Keith and I don't talk about yeah. this with each other. We don't know so what we picked. We could, uh, we could double up. We could triple up. Uh, huh. We frequently we'll, do we'll that. We'll just see what happens. All right, so what do you got first? Okay, you, you, not shocking at all, probably. You're going to be like, oh, of course. Um, very much so. High School Musical, ah. High School Musical 1 and High School Musical 2 changed my life. I went on tour with them. I did a thing with Zach Efron, with Dan and Yogurt. High School Musical, for sure, my number one pick. I know all the dances. I can do them today. Cool. <laughs> That's a great choice. That's a great choice. Yeah. Uh, very good. For me. All right. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it made me change my whole career at Disney. It was like, boom, look at her. She can dance and be a DJ. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then I started writing for the show Ships and everything else. So, cool. Yeah. Well, that was very a big cool. one for Disney, was it not? Yeah. I mean. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. I mean. That, Phenomenal. Yeah. Well, and it's become a, there's a stage version of it that's. Very hot with every high school in the country. They've all done it. Community theaters are doing it. High school musical. There was one, two, and three. And then they had Return of High School Musical, which is on Disney Channel now. Uh, (laughs) Brother brother of High School Musical. Uh, Yeah, High School Musical strikes back. (laughs) Right. Everything. I mean, maybe you didn't know that if you didn't have kids and you weren't at the Disney stage, but it was hot, hot, hot. Oh, my gosh, crazy. All right. Well, my first one. um, I'd say she's in the spirit of it. She did did exactly. Exactly. Your choice. You're, you're perfect at the so far. The way top three to, way to play picks. the home game. That's right. Um, <laughs> well, and, and you know, Bob Vivants know this, Renee. But my 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 degrees in theater. I have a theater background, so a lot of the stuff I chose, even though it's on film, came from Broadway. And the first one right, is um, a musical called Brigadoon, originated on Broadway oh. in '47, but the movie came out in '54, and it's directed by Vincent Minnelli, Liza's dad, starred. 
Gene Kelly and Sid Charisse. The story is one that I've always loved anyway, but there is a, the whole movie's got some great dancing in it. There's a great men's dance, Go Home with Bonnie Jean. That's a great kind of a big chorus dance number, but the, the best, most beautiful dance I think maybe I've ever seen on film is Gene Kelly and Sid Charisse dancing to Heather on the Hill. And wow. it is, first of all, it's, it's on a sound, a sound stage. And so the scenery and stuff, you know, is man-made. It's not, it's not out in nature, but it has this tremendous look, this vast, the backdrop they use, it gives you a look of, you know, the Scottish Highlands and, but the movement of these two dancers, it's a ballet. There's no doubt about it. It's a, a ballet. It is effortless. They glide. And there are some really difficult lifts and moves and spins, and they're using the trees and the rocks, and it's just gorgeous. And it's telling a love story in dance. Um, so that made okay. that made my list. Situation and Gene Kelly and Heather on the Hill. Gene Kelly was considered the athletic one, and Fred Astaire was considered the elegant one, but I think in that particular, in that particular, and you know all the athletic, the crazy shit that oh, yeah. that Gene Kelly did. Yeah. I mean, he did some dances that were, well, I mean, they were acrobatic. Some of these moves that they were doing, he and Sid Charisse were very athletic, but the grace, yeah. and poise and ease of movement that they did, they just looked like butter. Yeah, they were so smooth. Those are two. Oh. Those are two amazing dancers. Yeah, and, no and I know Fred made you know some some amazing uh, movies. With Cicerese too, she was she was incredible. Yeah. Well, I think Fred was original. I mean, yeah, Fred Astaire was originally their first choice for that role, and he was either busy or under contract to somebody else. And I think that's how Gene Kelly got it. Great choice, yeah, great okay. choice. Wow, yeah. So my first one is uh, is is a choreographer, and uh, I, I'm I love to hear Renee's take on this. But one of my <laughs> my favorite favorite choreographers of all time and i watch as, as a matter of fact this is a rabbit hole i just watched a movie the other day with this choreographer and gene kelly and it was kiss me kate maybe oh, yeah that 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 one dance scene that's in there they're kind of in the leotard yeah they're in their thing. shakespearean costumes well it was bob fossey it was a oh, very yeah. young bob fossey yeah and so oh. i choose i chose all that jazz oh yeah because Great. it's got some it's got some funny oh. amazing uh-huh. so fossey-esque almost caricature oh, sort of dances one. in there there's some dark moments in that one too it does. Yeah. well his right his yeah. it was an all, yeah. yeah, I mean yeah. the guy, the guy obsessed over everything. Yeah. Women smoking, drinking, yeah. everything that was bad for you, and then everything, everything was that was excess. good for yeah, you. Yeah, everything and, was in excess and work, yeah. and yeah. you know the work. And so, um, and Anne Reinking, of course, uh, did some of the choreography yeah. for that for that movie too. Yeah, but, she went um, on to do Chicago too. Anne was in Chicago, at least on Broadway. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think everybody was in. Yeah, yeah but, but I mean, everybody I mean, the could really cast, dance. I think she was in the original cast. Um. Yeah. Well, and she was also a girlfriend. Yes. Of, uh, yeah. He had many, yeah. but uh, Bob had a few, and Anne Ranking was was one of them. Yeah. But I love that movie. So on the opening of all that jazz, the, the opening day, I was at the movie theater with my dad at like the midnight showing. I wanted to see it so badly. Yeah. yeah. He went with me. He was like, "All right, I'll tell you." <laughs> Did he like it? 
Yeah, I don't know if he did, but I, you know, I was like, okay, you know, I was, little, I was young. So well, was little, it's uh, a, it's kind deep, of a dancer person different. theater geek, yeah. geek kind yeah, of a movie, but um, the the older you get, the more you watch that, the better it is. I think yeah. you you yeah, kind of yeah. get That's some of the nuances choice. of his life. So great choice, all that jazz, uh, Bob Fosse can't yep. can't beat it. All right, <laughs> number two, Renee, back to you. My turn. Okay, so I'm gonna have to say Greece. <laughs> I have to say Greece. I saw Greece 17 times in Detroit, you know. <laughs> yeah. It was I wore my hair like Olivia Newton-John in my 6th grade picture. I uh I know every day I can hand jive. I do it in my shows now at Disney. Uh but it, with John Travolta, actually my best one of my best friends is uh Molly Allen, John's niece. And uh, she'll be like, oh, Uncle Johnny, blah, 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 blah. And her mother is uh, Ellen Travolta. She was in Greece. She was the waitress in Greece. So um, Greece is just, I, who can't say? Anytime I play a Greece song, yeah. doesn't matter what generation, kids, I did a name that musical or name that tune over at Disney just last week. Little kids were like, Greece, Greece. Like they know. Their parents are they're still playing. It's timeless, if you ask me. Isn't so. isn't that Great amazing? Choice. You talk about you talk about a musical that had staying power. I mean, wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and and you know, upon Olivia's passing, that was just that one was yeah. really sad because she was actually Renee the very first real concert that I ever went to. Yeah, and she really? oh let me tell you, honey, when she comes came out in that red satin jumpsuit. Every well, you were a middle school. Every fourteen-year-old boy that ever saw that will never forget it yeah. ever. I'm yeah. telling you, that is. Funny. I think Grease is one of those, and there are several, but I think Grease is one of those that was a better movie than it is a stage show. I think so too. Um, and there, I think so too. Yeah, added yeah. A, yeah. many. Yeah, I'm going to talk about that in a couple of songs. But, they they added a couple of songs that I think really made the soundtrack better and the the score better to the movie, and so I really like that. And that's a great choice. Well, well, that's that's that is one of the best. I mean, and the choreography in that it was just incredible. Uh-huh. Well, and it you know it it, inter- it the thing it did, Keith. It introduced young people to fifties type yes. dancing, yeah, but to rock and roll too. for the yeah. old folks. It was, uh, it, was it was it took you right back yeah, it was right back right back Poodle to prom, skirts and everything. that's you right yeah. yeah that was but don't you remember how many times did you say how many times have you seen it how many times have you seen it you know yeah. you'd go again i just talked to my sister this morning and i said how many times do we see it yeah. <laughs> she goes, i don't know it's Very, it's, it's kind of one of those renee that if it's and it, and if it's on You'll watch it. Yeah. You know, we talk right, about those right. kind of movies. If it's on, I don't care how many times I've seen it, I'll watch yeah. it. Forrest yeah. Gump, if it's on, yeah. I'll probably you watch like it. Elf. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so so my second choice, uh, and by the way, Agnes DeMille was the one who choreographed uh, Brigadoon. My second choice, 1985, is White Nights with Gregory Hines and Mikhail Baryshnikov. The plot, oh, yeah. the plot is really c- kind of good. There's some espionage and international intrigue as they're, you know, they've both they both defected from their country and they get trapped in Siberia because a plane went down and they're both trying to get out. But, but they have this one, and you can you can YouTube it, and I encourage you to if you haven't seen it. The, I've seen it. The main uh, dance number, I think, is when they've got a little boombox, and Mikhail Baryshnikov huh? they're in a dance studio, and they he puts on a sort of a sort of an upbeat jazz type thing, 
and they are in tandem. And it's so cool to watch because not only are they both phenomenal dancers, they're doing the same moves and they are like mirrors of each other, but they have the slightest differences in style. Mm-hmm. Barishnikov is clean and precise and the feet are moving the same way, but Gregory Hines is a little looser, a little more, uh, a little more of a vibe to it. And even, you know, just arm positions, arm movements, hands, hands, heads, um, finishing things a different way and it's they're in sync they're perfectly in sync but just little nuances of the types of dancers they were it's so fun to watch and there's yeah, you want me uh, you want to go see that again now that you just mentioned it i'm like oh yeah that was, yeah, so it was great good. It and, was. and they've the, and the cinematography on that thing there is one pullback shot where they're coming at the camera the camera's moving backwards and they are coming at the camera and you literally think they're floating on air. Their feet are on the floor, but it's like they're almost skating. There's no weight on their feet at all. And it's just the most amazing thing to watch, how they can just just float over that floor like that. So White Knights was one of mine. Um, That's very a, good choice. A few, uh, Taylor Hackford directed that. Helen Mirren was in that movie, and I didn't remember she was. that. Yeah, she was. Um Here's the interesting thing. When I did some IMDb searches on on most all these movies, the choreographers are not mentioned on IMDb. I, I noticed that too. And so I'm like, I what the hell's wrong with that? But I got to believe with White Knights, I got to believe that the choreographers were the ones that were starring in the movie. I mean, Burris and yeah. Hines had to have choreographed. Well, see, that I've got stuff. a couple of those that are yeah. that way yeah. that are coming up. So, so. so that was my second one. Well, White and Knights. it could not. It could not be a better segue into the one that I've got. Yeah. And it's one, actually, Keith, that you and I talked about, but I didn't have a lot of the detail on it. Yeah. And it's called TAP. Not TAPS. That's yeah. the military Taps one. Is a, this yeah. is TAP. I had to include this yeah, movie. we talked about that on previous uh, it's, podcast. It, it was um, 89. It, the movie itself, let's face it, it was it was a little lame. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> but Gregory Hines is in it, and Savon Glover, yeah. and... A collection of some of the greatest tap dancers to ever put yeah. on the shoes. I mean, it was just incredible. And, it, you know, you had Jimmy Slide, Nichols, Harold Nichols of the Nichols Brothers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was one of them that was in there. Uh, Howard Sims, Bunny Briggs, all these guys were amazing. And, and the other sad thing about it was this was the last film of uh sammy davis and so uh sammy davis jr did he play his character is fantastic he plays this (laughs) this old dancer and he's kind of the he's kind of the svengali you know guy for for heinz who can't seem to get his act together yeah um it's a if you get a chance and you love tap, and I just I just love tap dancing, yeah. good, watching good tap dancing, and especially from people that really grew up with it in vaudeville and 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 have mm-hmm. have done it in other movies and stuff. That some of these people are just yeah. just incredible. So I I, I highly recommend Bombi Vance. The choreographer was Henry Henry Letang, but I'm not sure exactly how much he. I was going to say <laughs> when you guys, got that cast, they're they're going to be doing a lot of their own it's stuff. It's kind so. of uh, go, and <laughs> and they went. Yeah, and uh, good yeah. choice. All right, Renee, back to you, number three. Okay, ready? I know you guys are going to be like, really? No, maybe you won't be. Uh, I know the music is amazing, uh, the dancing as well, and I'm not sure if you can count it as a movie, but I'm going to count it. 
is Hamilton. Well, yeah. Because, yeah, it's, it was well, on Disney Channel. Well, if it's not, it's going to be a movie. We know that. <laughs> well, it's already, yeah. I mean, they they had it, you know, airing on Disney Channel the entire, you know, part of COVID so we could all watch it yeah. and be a part of it. Yeah. But I think between uh, every song on there, even my son knows the words. Like, and we all, that it was a family bonding thing. It was during COVID when they let us see it. It was uh amazing song, amazing dance and um just really well done and and i don't think it even needs to be a movie since we've already seen it on t but i've watched the making of it and this and that i mean but hamilton huge change i mean i've not big, seen it um, i have not seen oh my gosh it, and i've got to oh so um i i think i think when i started watching it was when i took down the, i was taking down christmas decorations that year i thought what is the big hype on this i'm always late to the boat you know yeah. and i i start watching it and it didn't really start hit me until i was like what he loves the sister too yeah. wait what yeah. and then i rewound and you know uh the music is amazing lin-manuel uh, miranda yeah. uh, talent yeah. um so i love him great choice so. great choice yeah I've got a couple of honorable mentions before I get to number three. And, you know, some of these are just givens. Yeah. So I'll admit this is not really a stretch. Um, flash dance. Sure. I uh, think. Footloose. I loved Footloose. Absolutely. And, uh, of course, a, a chorus line, a, a theater person's and dancer's movie. Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, I think, has has one of the best. That barn raising dance yes, with, with those brothers, the, with the boards, and they're on the yeah. Some of the athletic moves, and you know that cast of brothers came. That was heavily drawn from Broadway. Those were all big time Broadway dancers when they made that movie. Um, and then last but certainly not least, an honorable mentions is Saturday Night Fever. Um, it started, a, yeah. It, I mean, it really started, it started a whole thing, you know. So, so, but my my third choice is West Side Story, uh, directed wow. and choreographed by Jerome Robbins, and this is the uh, 1961 version. I know Spielberg made a a subsequent version, which I didn't think was bad at all, but I'm talking about the original. That Jets and Sharks dance, the the um, gang dance, uh, the knife fight uh, choreography and stuff, and Jerome Robbins choreographed it. Yeah, I think it's just iconic in American cinema and American theater, West Side Story. So, well, there's no, there's no doubt about it. I mean, that's in the in the lexicon of yeah. of American uh, theater. I mean, and, and the, uh, you know, the high school dance uh, when uh, the two sides are choosing off, and I mean, it, its social message was. Is a given, but some of that choreography was just amazing. Those girls at that dance with those poof skirts and the way they were working those skirts and <laughs> oh, stuff, yeah. just phenomenal. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Can I honorable mention one? Oh, sure. You absolutely yeah, can. In. Ready? You're going to die. Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> <laughs> So I've got a couple of honorable mentions. Are you finished there, Keith? Yeah, I am. I've got a couple of honorable mentions. And here's what I want to say about about both of these. These are two both of these are Broadway shows. One of them did it very well in the movie, and one of them they didn't. So <laughs> that happens. Uh, 
I thought Chicago was fantastic, yeah. the movie, the way they made it. I thought it was I stylistically, too. I mean, the cell block tango, yeah. all of the, the, the dance. You know, the dances that he did, speaking of tap, I mean, he's not really known for his dancing, but he, he pulled it off oh, pretty, yeah. pretty well in, yeah. that, in that movie. Um, and of course, it's been on Broadway for, forever it's a different show the though. stage show is one of my favorites but i thought the movie adaptation i agree it was one of the best adaptations of a broadway musical i've ever seen i got to see it at the uh arc light theater with kent my oh, brother yeah. in yeah. los angeles cool it was it was really wow. neat yeah now on the flip side one that didn't make it as far as <laughs> translating from broadway is a chorus line i thought you know, yeah. I'll give you that, Renee. The first, yeah. the first, I got to see the first traveling company of chorus line, and it changed my life in St. Louis. And I thought that was one of the greatest shows I have ever seen in my life. You can, you just can't encapsulate that kind of feeling and that nervousness that those people had. On the film, on film. in the film, no, it just it, it doesn't it, work. It didn't yeah. work. It and although, work. and although the the dancing was great, I mean, it was of course it had to be. And there were four or five members of the movie that huh. were in the original that were in yeah. cast of yeah. Chorus Line. You just got done, and you went. Eh, well, the whole concept just, of the disembodied director sitting out in the the house, yeah, who we never see. It's just a voice right. in the theater version. That just all falls apart, you know, when you see Michael Douglas in the movie and you see the director and, you know, they have – I get it. It's film, but that's part of the beauty and the magic of the stage version this, is like that. It's like the voice the, of the God voice, yeah, the that voice, has control the voice over from your the life. Control yeah. Voice, exactly yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether you're going to eat or you're going to pay your rent, yeah. all depends on the decision that he makes. And the sheer – you're right. The sheer spectacle. I know it well, gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> You've been there? Been there many, many times, can I tell you? We all have, maybe yeah. not on a professional level, but, uh, yeah, oh. we, you know, you're always at the mercy of someone making that kind of decision, so. But oh, yeah, yeah. yeah Renee, you, you kind of went wah wah wah. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of left that one. I was like, "Damn, that just you know that just." But you still quite... got to hear the music and see the dances and the, stuff like that. The, well, the yeah, and the fact that cool. if I never saw, if you were like me and never saw the Broadway play, the movie's all you get. Yeah, yeah. let's talk about if you're not, if yeah. you're, you know, for whatever reason, I was, you know, in my twenties or something when that came out, or maybe thirty. Who knows? And you just didn't have the money to go to a Broadway show, but you wanted to see what the hype was about. Oh, yeah. The movie is all you got. Yeah. So, <laughs> have you seen? Have you had a chance to see the the stage version since? Or have you only of seen what? the movie? Of course, line. Oh uh, no, I have well, not. If seen you it. ever see a traveling trip, you know it gets revived every once in a while. If you ever get to see a traveling, you see Hamilton. Tri- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Hamilton a couple times, but never a chorus line yet. Well, um, but I always envisioned that I was going to go audition for it. Yeah. Be a part. I don't know what There's I'm thinking. There's actually a documentary, but... which is really interesting because it it's is better than the movie. The documentary, <laughs> it, it just gets very confusing yeah, because the, the documentary is the show and the yeah. show is the documentary. It's very, yeah, it's, it's very well done. It's, wow. it's a great well documentary. So. I've got a couple wow. other honorable mentions. I, right. I have to mention Fred, and I think one of my of, of all the different shows that he did and the dances that he did there was one that he did in holiday inn which was the independence day one Mm -hmm. where he uses the firecrackers and he's got these these little torpedoes that he's 
that he's throwing down as he's dancing around. I mean, the guys dance with wow. coat racks. He's danced on the ceiling. Oh, yeah. He's done all this stuff. But the one in Holiday Inn where they do the, you know, they do all of the different, um, uh, branches of the service? No, that- they, they do all of the holiday, the different holidays. Oh, okay. And so right. they get to the 4th of July and he does this patriotic, thing it's it's just mind-blowing because he's throwing these things that i still haven't figured out exactly i know it's coming up from the floor but i it's it's yeah. incredible so anyway fred doing that um awesome. and uh you know there's a couple of great movies in the uh great scenes in the movie fame that fame the, was great fame, uh, fame had some really good ones the choreography was lewis falco who did that and yeah. like the lunchroom fame was uh, on my short list yes. there was yeah. there was a few good ones yeah uh my last one though and kind of really I, I didn't take i did take them in order this time was uh singing in the rain of course which i think oh, probably yeah. song for song dance for dance you know of course the singing in the rain number is, is amazing yes but the make them laugh thing with Donald O'Connor is yeah. truly one of the most amazing <laughs> dances I have ever seen. Well, the three of them with Donald O'Connor, Debbie Reynolds, and, and the Good and, Morning. Yeah, the, yeah. When they the do Good, good morning, morning, number is a great number. It's a great morning. Yeah. It, and then, and then there's that beautiful number in the middle. That's it's kind of the dream sequence, kind of romantic thing that. Uh, um, Gene Kelly and Debbie Reynolds does is beautiful too, yeah, yeah. and so it, I, yeah, I just you can't go wrong with that. It's just is a great one. Y'all want to make me? I feel like watching musicals. I was say, we're gonna go, gonna go have to rewatch some of these. So, I know. Uh, no, no, yeah. good. That's what Turner Classic Movies is for. That's right. I that's love. Right. Oh, is that what? I'm a big big TCM fan. Yeah. So well, this has been fun, guys. Uh, time means we need to move on, but uh, wrap it up. But Renee, thank you so much for being here. Great meeting. Well, I'm really quick. Let me just say one last thing here. Sure. If there's ever a chance that I can have you guys uh, do an interview out of my Prius, um, <laughs> I would love. I would love to do that. Okay, tell us about the Prius you, real quick. I'm going to give you a real quick update. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> since um, <laughs> once I I had a really cool beach car and I traded it in for this Prius and it is ugly. It's white. It literally looks like a station wagon. I came out of my mommy days. The mommy mini van into the into the fj i was cool and then i wasn't and so then i have the prius and i just like i shake my head when i come out of the store because i can't find it every other car is white and i uh put these racks they're fake just so i can find so i have racks on the top but you know it holds all my equipment if i'm going to do a live show or whatever and the funny part is i decided at this is what happened at key west uh the Whelans and i were having some drinks the Whelan brothers (laughs) And they needed a ride back to their hotel. So there was a parrot head there, and I shoved them in the back seat of the Prius. And I said, Patty Doak will take you back to your hotel. Get in the Prius. And we laughed because they, you know, it was like, okay. So then I said, you know, I'm going to get everybody to sign the back seat of that car. And literally, I didn't have them sign it until a year later. But the first person ever to sign it was Jake Shimabukuru. Nice. Jake came into the studio, <laughs> and I'm telling him I want you to sign my car. He's like, what? I said, just the roof of the car, like anywhere, sign the car. So as to, it makes it cooler, right? I mean, it's not so dorky then that I'm driving this Prius. But uh, since then, everybody who's anybody, if I've interviewed them or worked with them, they've been in the car. Uh, now it's I'm, I got Nico Moon, who was just in there recently. I've had Aaron McAnally, uh, uh, Brendan, uh, Brendan Mayer, uh, Peter Bennett. Peter Mayer actually did a concert in my car. 
Um, yeah, he played the guitar, did this whole thing. Nadira Shakur has been in there. Uh, Tom Shepard, like everybody who's anybody, uh, will get in the car. Joey Fatone, uh, I'll have signed. Wow. So one day I thought this car didn't cost me that much money. Uh, once I drive it to the end, uh, and well, what I think is the end, uh, I will auction it off for charity and, uh, write the thing off. Yeah. But it's very cool to sit in my car and look at all the signatures. <laughs> People go, what is this? Well, Keith and I we would, would be, love to do something we like would that. We would be honored to yeah, be I able can, to oh, imagine we're how not, much. We're, we're not worthy with all those say, great trop rock artists. I can in only there. imagine how much Ooh, art man, go, who, that, who the hell is Keith and Brad? Our autographs <laughs> might be Well, yeah, here's the deal. My son wants to sign. I'm like, you're not signing this. My son is like, come on, let me sign. Like, no, Gramps Morgan. Gramps Morgan would be good. Yeah, that's a good I have no shame asking, and they're all like this. Yeah, no problem, Renee. We'll get in your car. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Really, and now that I, I have no, like, I have a home studio, but like, if I'm going to a location, I'm bringing that car and saying, "Can I do the interview?" I just, I have actually uh, a, a interview that I did with Mishka recently. It was a beautiful interview out of the car. Nice. And Nico too, you know. And I'm like, all right, here it is. The studio is now the Prius. Like, well, we would be honored if the two ever happens. Well, thank you. Yeah, that yeah. would be awesome. It'd be awesome. Yeah. So maybe before next meeting of the minds, but I did drive it there. I did have it. In- <laughs> <laughs> If you follow me on Facebook on Renee's Flip Flop Friends, that is where I have all my fan base. All right. Uh, you can see pictures and scroll down pictures and pictures of the people signing it. Oh, look who else is a Flip Flop Friend and stuff like that. Well, so bon vivant, it's kind of a way to follow me. We promise we will post all of the links and uh, connections to Renee's social media outlets and okay. um, yeah thank give you. her a listen on radio trop rock on the morning show and uh thank you yeah. thank what's you the, for being here what's the times again on that you're not uh, i am on uh, monday mornings yeah monday mornings 9 a.m central and 10 a.m eastern radio Replay is on tuesday night. radio, trop, radio rock. trop rock you bet that's right Renee, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. It goes so fast. I know it really does. Yeah, right. But I had a good time. Thank you so much for asking me. We will see you down the road. Hi, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Jones. Mr. Enlow. Cheers. We Like That Too is produced as a labor of love for the enjoyment of Bon Vivants everywhere. To get information about our bottles and links to our guests, go to our website, welikethatpodcast.com. Tune in to new episodes by subscribing on Apple, Spotify, and other popular streaming apps. Please remember to rate, review, and share. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Like That Podcast. So everybody, hey, remember the numbers. One bottle, two good friends, and three top picks because we We like like that too. We like that too. We like that too. We like that too, we like that too.